the guys from Ping, they've kind of shown me how much the equipment matters. I just love that I can hit any shot I kind of want. We're going to be able to tell some fun stories about what goes on here to help golfers play better golf. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Marty Jertson. Marty, how we doing? Great, Shane. Loving it. Uh, in the office and uh, trying to solve problems. I just, by the way, Marty, I just got um, a new PLD in the mail. And I went with the mallet. I went a little bit more mallet style. I had a, a little bit more of a blade one in the previous uh, iteration. Stamping on the bottom, have kind of a little bit of a equation, if you will, with like my kids and my dog's names on the Love bottom it. of it. But I, this is something I really believe in. I went out today. You know, I've got the putting green in the backyard. I went out there. I set up for a 10-footer. I feel like you got to make the first putt with a new putter. You just How'd it go? You, I, I made it. I made it. I yes. snuck it in. But, I, you know, it's like you can't miss the first putt with a brand new, beautiful putter, right? You got to yep. make that thing to give it the good vibes you need as you go forward. Yep. I saw I was at the range last night. I saw a guy in the range. He's the best scratch golfer at my club. And he was he bought a new fancy shaft. And he was screwing it in and he's all excited. And I, I was uh, I was sneaking over there to see how that first shot went. And it was <laughs> you know, pretty good. <laughs> you, you 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 need to hit the first drive with the new driver well. You need to hit the first wedge. Uh, you need to clip it. I remember I had a friend of mine one time. He holed out with a new wedge, brand new wedge in the bag, hold out first swing with it. Oh, boy. Never hit another good shot with it. That's he, next it lasted, level. lasted like four months in his bag. He said, I, I, I exhausted the good swing <laughs> the first time out, and that thing never produced another uh. positive. Uh, but hopefully the putter will uh, – Will produce it. It's one of the more beautiful ones um, I have ever had. But uh, Marty, today I, I wanted to jump in and dive into an issue with a lot of golfers. An issue maybe the golfers don't even understand they have. And this isn't just everyday players. This is a professional golfer issue as well. And and it's you know it really kind of goes back to the rules of golf. We can have fourteen clubs in our bag. That's totally. the maximum allowed in a golf bag to compete and play in tournaments. And I'd say you know everyday players abide by this rule. For the most part, I mean, occasionally you might see somebody with 16 or 17 clubs in there. Maybe they have a desert club if they're out in Arizona, but <laughs> exactly. 14 clubs is the number. And when you only 14 sounds like a lot. If I went upstairs and asked my wife, who's not a golfer, does 14 clubs kind of cover, you know, the basis of a golf round? She'd probably go, yeah, of course, that sounds like a ton. But as golfers, we know that 14 typically means there's a space in our bag that has a hole. And so I wanted to dive a little bit into that because Gapping isn't just a golfer issue, but it's a it's a company issue, and it's something Ping has spent a lot of time trying to solve. Yeah, Shane, I think I think you uh, introduced the topic great, which is like, what is gapping? Like, what does it mean to the everyday golfer? What what does gapping mean? Like, it might mean like you have even space between your irons. Like, some people might think that. Some people might think it's like, well, which wedges do you play? Uh, you know, I think what we should do is like define it a little bit yep. and, and, and you let it off. It's like, you got 14 clubs. It's an optimization issue, right? If I, when I put my engineering hat on it, it's like, you got your driver that's designed to do pretty much one thing, which is go very, like as far as possible while being mindful of distance. We'll talk about that sometime distance versus accuracy. Then you have your putter, which that's doing its job. And it, it, with rare exceptions, people with two drivers or two putters, you got 12 clubs in between. How do you slice and dice those to help you play your best golf, right? I think that's a good definition of like what, what gapping is. We called it set makeup or bridge bridge fitting or what have you. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I think you're right. I think not a lot of people know like what to do or how to solve it or, you know, what, what does your fitter do, you know, when you're trying to solve these problems. So there's not, there's like a lot of self-experimentation that happens when you're trying to figure this out. When you talk about gapping Marty, and you talk about an average golfer, an everyday player versus a professional golfer, are the gaps different for those two groups? Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, I think that the faster swing speed players, your gapping is more about how far do you carry the ball? Like your PJ Tour player, man, they're doing their calculations. It's all about, okay, I got to, what's the cover? <laughs> You're solving for that cover number where you want to pitch the golf ball. And it's a lot about carry. The slower you are in club head speed, the more it is about your total gaps, right? You know, it's like carry plus roll. So we've even built our tools like that. And one fun thing, Shane, we've kind of noticed in our, in our, uh, you know, data analysis that we've done is that there's a good way to kind of figure out what your optimal gap is, which is if you ever go on a launch monitor going for a fitting and we and a lot of our competitors fit with a seven iron, you take whatever your ball speed is in your seven iron in miles per hour. So if my, yours and mine are close to the same. We're like 130-ish. So 130 miles an hour with our seven iron, you divide that by 10 and that's 13, that's a good spacing between your irons. And that works for whether you're a tour player or if you hit your seven iron shorter, you're like 80 miles an hour, seven iron, eight yard gap is good. If you're Tony Finau, 13 and a half yards is like a good gap. So it's kind of a cool, fun little trick you can do. Yes. I mean, so so you guys have done studies and tried to figure out the exact number between clubs because I think when you, when you, you know, envision how far your golf clubs go, you know, people love round numbers, right? They love something in a zero. I know tour guys, people like yourself really understand how far a stock club goes. The yep. everyday player probably struggles a little bit more in that department, A, because they don't hit it as consistently, and B, maybe they just don't understand how far they hit certain golf clubs. They might, in their brain, think I hit it. If I hit it perfect, it goes this distance, but maybe totally. what your average would be, but 13 yards, that seems to be the number that you'd like to really kind of hammer when you're talking about gapping. Yeah. If, if your ball speed is 130, which is us, yep. you know what I mean? So, so th that's the thing we hear. Okay. 10 yard gaps is good. 15 is good, whatever it scales to your speed. And that's a good way to kind of just get to that number kind of quick, you know? Uh, but Shane, one, one fun thing we've done is to try to figure out, well, you know, where are people on the golf course? Where are they hitting most of their shots? Because okay. if you're trying to optimize your bag, and you're like, okay, it sounds convenient to have evenly spaced gaps for all these 12 clubs. Well, that might not be where you are playing a lot of golf. And so we did this really fun thing in the in the last couple of years where we used our data partnership with Arcos, which provides like on-course play, tens of millions of shots we have access to of golfers of all different skill levels playing all different types of courses all over the world. We could go in and say, okay, where are these golfers Play, where are they hitting these different clubs on the course? Uh, and should we design tighter spacing where they are the most? That was kind of like our hypothesis, right? And so that was a really fun exercise we 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 did and we went through. So, okay, for somebody like me, right? I have always battled with the kind of high and low. So my gapping issue is either I'm adding a longer club. So, I mean, I've always been a big kind of two iron guy, I love the idea of two iron and three iron, but yeah. I feel like I'm going to hit a, a hell of a lot more wedges than I'm ever going to hit a two iron or three iron in a round of golf. So for me, I've always been a four wedge setup guy. I, I like having the pitching wedge, the gap wedge, the sand wedge, and the lob wedge because, as you said, 
you're diving into information, you're diving into data, you're studying all this stuff, and you're seeing that most golf shots for somebody with my distance are going to be in those scoring areas. So that's where it should be maybe tighter versus a four or five iron. That's exactly the hypothesis. And we're still working to try to figure that out exactly, right? Okay. Like, you know, you might not hit that that driving iron a ton. Or depending on your particular golf course, you, you may play your home course where it's like, yeah, you got to chip it off. You might be hitting your little stinger driving iron off a eight of the tee boxes. I know one of, one of my uh, courses at my home course is like that. Like that's a very important club on that particular golf course. But this data analysis, what it allows us to do, Shane, and we're kind of sharing my screen here to look at a chart that shows where golfers are on the golf course and then what clubs did they hit from those different distances. Okay, and what's fun to see here is you see that it kind of looks like a camel shape to it. Right. Shout out Camelback Mountain. Exactly. One of those big uh, humps you see there is centered right around 140 to 150 yards. You see this enormous spike. And this is broken down, Shane. We broke this down into players who hit their driver like 170 to 204, 205 to 224, 225 to 239, and then 240 and further. And all those players, you see the same big spike at like 145 yards. Yeah, that's the sweet spot. That is the sweet spot. And so we've actually run the analytics and you hit over 50% of your iron shots. So that's say, let's call it your five iron through pitching wedge or four through pitch, whatever that is. You hit over 50% of those shots between 120 and 165 yards, right? And so what does that mean to equipment or, or how you should set up your bag? We as the the club company, Ping, man, we better design you to have some tight spacing in that area, right? Marty, have you ever thought or has anybody ever messed around with like half irons in that department where, I mean, you're thinking like an eight and a half iron or a nine and a half iron? I mean, obviously it's not something that we've seen on the market, but have there ever been as you're diving into these types of analytics and, you know, if you're not seeing this and you watch this on YouTube, you can see what Marty is talking about in terms of this distance to hold distribution. But I mean, this chart really shows the 140 yard is kind of the sweet spot. Has there ever been any thought into like, half irons for those lower, you know, irons before you get to the wedges? Yeah. Well, one fun story about that is, uh, you know, you you may have heard of this one, like Lee Westwood plays two U wedges. <laughs> he's played he two gap wedges. And he's kind of funny, you know, he writes his yardages on the back of the clubs for his wife who's caddying for him. And so he has two gap <laughs> wedges. And so he's like, oh, well, which, which U wedge should I hit? So he's kind of uh, figuring out how to do that. Um, what we've done is instead of saying, Hey, eight iron, eight and a half iron is, you know, over a long period of time, the industry, and we've certainly done it is you start squeezing in more, more wedges, right? Okay. So like in our new G430 iron set, you go to, to pitching wet, you go to pitching wedge, then we go to a 45 degree, then a 50 degree. So you really try to like tighten up that spacing because we've seen that as a big problem. Like, you know, as folks want to go in they get fit for irons. They go further, which is a generally a good thing. As long as they're going high and landing steep, that's fine. Like have somebody hit an eight iron instead of a seven is a good thing as long as they they land it steep. But the problem is, is if you, as you start strengthening those lofts, you know, we found even on our G iron designs, we created bigger gaps right in here where golfers needed the most. So we fixed that and we fixed it by adding another club to the bag, really. And so it's kind of like that half iron approach, Shane. Do you, what do you say to people that tell you, okay, this is this is too complicated. There are too many wedges in the bag. You guys are offering me too many, you know, too many different tools for an area where I kind of hit a wedge all the time. 
Yeah, I think I think that's where you got to tell that data story, you know, and we're trying to, you know, all of our fitters and our fitting network, we've showed them this data mine and they love it because it's one it's something you don't you can't really measure in a fitting. And I think that's where we're trying to develop these tools, which is like, hey, after you go get fit, you get fit with a seven iron. But when you go play golf, you're going to be having a lot of shots in this area. So you're going to need clubs for that area. So I think it's kind of a, you know, using the data and empowering and tell, telling those stories and say, and, uh, and marrying those two things up, quite, quite frankly. Where do players have their biggest gap? Because I know you've showed some information about where they hit the most shots from. Where do you typically find that gap being the biggest issue for a player? Yeah, I think it's in a couple areas. It's it's they don't have the right transition between their pitching wedge and you know their gap wedge, sand wedge, whatever that situation is, can cause a lot of problems for what we were just talking about. You know, I've Shane, I played in pro ams uh, around here in the southwest section, and we'll be playing like you know you, they could take my drive six times, and you know Arizona golf, right. like you're always at like one thirty, you know one thirty five. You're a Greyhawk, like driving down there one thirty five. And I play with these AMs and they play these strong lofted juiced irons where their pitching wedge literally will go like further than mine. It'll go like 155. Then their next club is a sandwich. They lay that bloop up in the air because they don't have the right spin loft. It goes like 100. So we're at 130 all day and they got no club for 130. They, they don't There's even a 50 realize yard that. gap here. Yeah, they don't even realize that. So this is what our data is kind of validating is like, hey, that's one real weak spot. And then the other one, Shane, I think we're, we're, is maybe more more obvious is, you know, how do you how do you build the bag between your your lowest lofted three wood, your hybrids and your irons, and getting the it's the gap at that point is both a distance gap, but it's also like a trajectory gap. It's like how high do you need to hit that golf ball, right? So those are the two areas that I think people could use a lot of help with. Is that more often the case with tour players? You see it obviously when they're they're further away from the hole. I mean, you're thinking about a player that has, let's say, they have four iron through wedges, and maybe they've got a three wood. It's finding that tool, and and you and I've discussed, you know, the obviously the popularity of the seven wood, and I mean, the crossover world has has really, in my opinion, changed that that space for me at least. I mean, I have a three iron crossover that I've been playing for years in different iterations and it is huge for me because the, the the versatility I find with it it's not just that I can mash it and really get it out there if I need to 250 but I can kind of hit that softer one with the crossover if I need to hit the 235 shot yeah exactly yeah I think you're a good example of like of, of what those tour players do and you know uh tour players quite often will travel with maybe you know, 16 or 17 clubs okay. and two of them, they'll be swapping in week in, week in and week out. You know, I think Victor at the masters this year, 13 and 15, we built him a seven wood literally for those two shots, those approach shots. And we saw him the entire tournament and on the weekend, hitting it on, hitting on the green. He could obviously not do that. Shane, I mean, I, I guess is built for lefties. I mean, let, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a separate sure. topic, right? But you'd be able to hit your high cut in there maybe with your crossover, but you got that ball above your feet. And you need that seven wood. So yeah, there's a lot of mixing and matching that happens week in and week out. That quite honestly, I think the everyday golfer doesn't need that. They don't. They don't need to be mixing those clubs. Maybe you're maybe you're not traveling as much. And you're playing most of your golf at your home course. You can kind of optimize your bag with your 14 clubs right there. But yeah, the tour players do some fun stuff. They'll play. Uh, 
you know, seven woods uh, short, you know, closer to hybrid length to get the spin down, to get more control, to hit more down on it. How much has that crossover family helped in terms of gapping? Because we, you know, you saw the popularity. What was that? Probably early 2000s, this popularity boom of the hybrid. And then we started to see the driving iron become popular. But the issue with the driving iron for most players was they couldn't get it up in the air. What has yeah. the crossover family done to kind of help in terms of that gapping? Yeah, so I think it's been great. It's been nice to have all these options in that space. So you got, generally speaking, you got irons that are going to fly the lowest. Then we designed our crossover to be quote unquote, you know, kind of not a driving iron because it does go higher. Now, skill player like yourself, you can still sting it down there and make it act like a driving iron. So you got irons, then you got crossovers to go a little bit higher, hybrids that go higher, then high lofted fairway woods that go the highest. Right. So that's your spectrum of options. Then it's all about, you know, fitting the right club to your course, your playing style, what you need to do. Can you hit it low on command or not? But that crossover has been a great option kind of between irons and and hybrids. And a lot of people like that flat face because you can have more workability to it as well. Marty, one of the coolest parts about being involved with you guys at Ping has been seeing the innovation in terms of just kind of outward thinking, you know, thinking outside the box to help a player. And I mean, you know, I mean, you're in the putting lab right now. I mean, it's a place where you can go in there and use technology to your benefit. But I was floored when you showed me this gapping app that you guys have been working on. And I know you're really proud of it. I mean, we're not just talking about gapping because it's an issue. There's also technology that Ping has worked on and now can throw at a player that not just Marty can help them in terms of, of their bag set up and keeping that gap number where it needs to be, but also not exhausting them out on the driving range oh, when yeah. they're working through the bag. Yeah. I mean, even a lot of us around the office, like I've, I've asked a lot of our engineers here, we have the, we're at the proving grounds. We got track, man. We got tons of track, man. We got the range right there. Hey, how many of you guys have gone out and hit every single club in your bag? Right. right? Three or three to five good shots and jot down your numbers. I mean, it's, it's hard to do. It takes a long time to do. I mean, even the tour players, Sometimes that's like a big exercise to do a true quote unquote gapping where you're doing that, you're micro tweaking lofts, et cetera. So the the problem we wanted to solve, Shane, was like, how do we deliver gapping without exhausting the player, without putting all these different uh, models and lofts and a three iron, a four iron, a five iron, a six iron, eight, nine wedge, all that stuff out with our fitting network out there, but still solve this problem of gapping. And so we did it. We did it by taking our like fundamental physics knowledge to know, okay, if I change the loft of an iron by one degree, what does that do to ball speed, launch and spin? What does that do to carry? And then we married that to like our, our detailed gap testing that we do at the proving grounds. We merge those two things together to create a predictive tool. This is like magic. It's like, you can go out, hit a seven iron, you get your ball speed, launch and spin. You plug it into this app we made, which we call the Gapping app. It's out with our fitting network right now. It's kind of in in beta mode, but it's still it's still magical. It's definitely worth using. And you put in your seven iron numbers only, and then like what club model you got fit into. So G430, I230, what what have you. And the app will, with a very high degree of accuracy, predict how you're going to hit the rest of your clubs in your bag, and it will tell you, hey. How high will I hit the four iron or the five iron or the four hybrid? And you can go in there without hitting the four hybrid, the seven wood and the iron replacement, see what that would do to your trajectory. And that's specific to you. And it's specific to 
your temperature and elevation where you're playing golf, right? Yeah, I mean, that, like like we did this, you and I did this when I was out in Phoenix, and I mean, you throw in the area of the country you live in. Yep. I mean, you can throw in kind of like the average temperature, or it'll predict it for you. And what I loved was you can kind of, as you mentioned, you can interchange things. I mean, you can change in what club you maybe want to hit or maybe what, you, what you're thinking about changing in your bag, and it will kind of figure out the numbers for that. And it's just really smart because I do think, you know, as a golfer that has been lucky enough to get fit a decent amount throughout his life in a lot of different circumstances, going to a fitting can feel intimidating yeah. for a lot of golfers. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's there's track man, there's technology. You have a fitter in front of you. There's so many things happening. And to think, all right, I'm going to be here hitting, you know, 20 lob wedges, and then I'm going to hit 20 sand wedges, and then I'm going to hit pitching wedge and gap wedge. And to think about how much time, effort, oh. and then consistency in the golf swing, that's got to get you all the way through driver to go in here and just be able to hit, what is it, 10 or 15 seven irons? And then yeah. basically be dialed? Yeah. It, it, it takes so much of the pressure off. Yeah, and, and this is a weird thing to think about, but actually you, you nailed it in that our app that we're looking at here on the screen predicts how you're going to hit all these clubs with more accuracy than you going yourself and hitting them, you would have to hit them yourself like 50 or a hundred times, right? right? Because we're, it's kind of like, uh, you know, artificial intelligence. Like we know based on the length, the model, the loss and, and the environmental conditions with our ball model, like with a higher degree of accuracy. So we have engineers around the office that are going out, hitting their seven iron, plugging it into our app. And you could download this PDF report and it gives you all your yardages and they're going to play golf and using that, put it in their yardage book. And it's like spot on. <laughs> and, and and you, and you even have, I mean, the, I'm to people that aren't looking at the screen. I mean, it, you, you should check this out. It's very much worth your time, but there's even a simplified version of this app where again, you can go to the, the simplified version and make it even easier on yourself. And that will help you get as dialed as you can in terms of your gapping issue. Yeah, we're trying to build tools, Shane, that are, you know, kind of fast, quick, and easy, and then very advanced. Like the gapping app, we, we'll use that with our tour players to get, get down into the weeds, you know what I mean? But yeah, you can go in, our fitters can go in, use our co-pilot gapping tool. You pick which iron model, you just put in about how far you hit your seven iron, do you hit it high, medium, or low, and you get set makeup. And it'll give you a couple options, like this is a fast swing speed player, this is like your speed, three wood, three hybrid, or three crossover, four through pitch. Right. And that, you know, or you could go back and put in, uh, you know, G series iron, you hit your seven iron one twenty two a little lower, you're going to get a totally different second configuration recommendation. Like we see, you know, three wood, seven wood, five hybrid, six through pitch. Right. So it's really cool. Gapping does not have to be intimidating, you know, and we've, we've created some really cool tools to do this super accurately. Marty, how does something like this come about? Like, you know, I mean, again, I, I find it fascinating that it feels like you guys have a real passion for solving the problem. It, let's solve the inconsistency in the stroke. Let's get a putter in your hand that you actually need to use. Let's make sure that you're using the right grips and the right shafts. All of those things that we feel like we've, you know, we've kind of conquered that in the golf space. How does something like the gapping app come about from idea to actually see it on a screen? Yeah, that's such a great question, Shane. I think it's it's a combination of a few things. One, we want to help people play their best golf. Two, we go out and we, we go to a lot of conferences. We spend a lot of time with our fitters. 
and we look at what are they struggling with? Like what is hard to do, but then what is important for the golfer, right? And and there's that intersection point. So doing gapping out there is a there, there it's a big friction point for for our customers and our fitters. Like they're just how do we do it? And so I thought a lot about well, let's provide four irons and five irons and to have the golfer hit them and see where they could they uh you know can they still keep the ball in there can they still reach the landing angle and we tried that we we tried that's what the proving grounds is we try to do that with people and hey we ran into those problems they get hey tired takes too long can't right. get enough good four irons like so we experiment with these things and then the other angle Shane is that we want to build a tool that lets the everyday golfer get access to what the tour player can do. Tour players on the range, they got trackman, they got foresight, they're hitting all their balls, they're micro tweaking all their clubs, they're doing it. Now, the everyday golfer might not be able to do that, but they might not be the elite athlete that the tour player is. So this gapping tool allows you to have the tour level service like to the everyday golfer. So it's, I think it's the intersection of all those things come together to try to solve the biggest pain points for our fitters and for our end customers. I'm a golfer. I'm listening to this. I don't know if I have a gap issue or not, Marty. I, I just don't know. I don't t quite know my bag. I don't quite know my carry distance. What do you say to those people? How can they do some personal investigation to try to best figure out where they might have a hole, if they mm -hmm. have a hole, and how best to kind of attack that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great like stats tracking apps. So I think that's okay. becoming more and more popular. So, you know, we we partner with Arcos. That's a great one that's, you know, smart technology and captures all that data in the app and allows you to overcome, I think, like what you highlighted, Shane, like, I don't know if I have a, have a gap right. or not. A lot of people don't, you know. I mean, you mentioned the Pro-Am player that's sitting there going, they don't realize that they have 50 yards of no golf club where you need that 50 yard the most totally totally so that's where little that's where technology i think it, it can be used in the right way like not all the numbers are valuable all the time but that is a great one right that is a great one highlighting it numerically getting that little little subtle edge it'd be like looking at your sleep tracker and noticing whatever some some pattern in your behavior that you might not have noticed <laughs> otherwise you know what i'm saying so um, that that'd be a that'd be a first place to start. Get some type of on course tracking if you can. Number two, go see one. Go see a ping fitter that's using our gapping app. Get your seven iron numbers and plug them in there, and then just look at what our recommendation is relative to your bag. And then you might be have some insights that could be fun, and and you'll have some findings by just taking a look at doing that exercise only. One of my big uh, other pieces of advice, Marty, in this world is always just be open-minded. Just be a little open-minded about the golf bag. It's easy to feel like you're dialed to what you use. I'm always going to have a three wood. I'm always going to have a three totally. iron. You know, and I mean, I think the moment you kind of let go of that, uh, yes. that, that must in yes. your golf game. I mean, I, I mean, I always have found one of the coolest parts about professional golfers, Marty, is their ability and their openness to tweaking. You know, they're always yes. tweaking stuff. They're always trying out new putting strokes and new putters and new clubs and different ideas because the goal at the end of the day, how can I shoot the lowest score? How can I shoot totally. the lowest possible number? And I feel like the pro golfer so open-minded yet the everyday golfer maybe struggles a bit with opening their mind up to some of these things. That's a great point, Shane. Uh, we, we see it here. It's like, because in part of gapping, it's like, hey, do you, you know, I hear this question a lot. Fitter will ask the player, hey, do you prefer hybrids over fairway woods, right? <laughs> and it, if you ask that to the player, they, they, they're not going to be open-minded, you know? But we, 
So many golfers leave the proving grounds playing a hybrid instead of a long iron. Instead, you know, hey, stay, playing a five hybrid instead of a five iron or a seven wood instead of that four iron. And they love it. Or on the other side of the bag, Shane, uh, what sometimes we'll, if a golfer is going to conform to the 14 clubs, we'll take that four hybrid out and leave, they leave with a chipper. And now they love chipping. Like, so you can solve chipping. So, Gapping is not only about your 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 fairy woods hybrids and, and and not hanging on to hey I need a four iron in my bag, but it could be also on the other end of the bag. And we've had so many golfers love the chipper, and then you know it's a it's a question of optimizing those twelve clubs between driver and putter, of what 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 gives to add that chipper. And and we've seen a lot of golfers be ecstatic about that decision. I was just uh, recently on a golf trip to North Carolina. Uh, one of my buddies who I think he's a six handicap, uh, one of my best friends, his chipper, the grip is already wearing out. That's no how way. much he's using his chipper. And as you know, Marty, in North Carolina, on those crazy greens oh, around yeah. Pinehurst, the chipper is almost, it's almost mandatory yeah. to be able to get the ball up and down. Because, you know, I mean, if you're not using a chipper, using a seven iron, your hybrid. But I love the fact that there's a golf club out there now simply for that shot. And I know that it helps him out so much. He's willing to sacrifice a spot in the bag to get the ball up and down around the greens. Oh yeah, Shane, I, my, my 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 mind went right to that chart that we we talked about earlier with the with the camel and the big humps. Yep. And yeah, the yeah. Big, and the big hump in club usage for your irons is like 145 yards. Well, the other big spike is you're hitting your lob wedge or whatever a lot around the green. So that's exactly the case. Like that is probably. Well, not probably. That is almost certainly the most used club in his bag outside his putter, you know? Yeah, the gapping for me is uh, I, I have the crossover, and you guys built me an awesome seven wood. And so now I've got, now I'm going to be the guy that carries 15 clubs to like a practice round You're so that I can now go, oh, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Is it a seven wood golf course or is it a crossover golf course? Uh, in terms of the gapping app, Marty, is that going to be something that's now available? I mean, if you go to a ping fitter, is that something they can show you and actually implement? Yeah, we have tons of our fitting network uh, here here in the U.S. and around the world that have just started using it. We're, we still call it beta mode because we're just ironing out a few little bugs here and right, there. Right, but right, right. Yeah, almost all of our fitters are using that gapping app. So go in, ask your ping fitter, say, hey, I, I heard about, I saw this cool gapping app. I want to get on it and use it. And if not, they'll sign up for it and get access to it and jump right on there. And then eventually we'll have that available so you can go on our website, find a fitter, and see who's using our co-pilot tool cool. and go find your local fitter uh, fitter close by. Well, it's it's an interesting topic, and I feel like it's something that, that we don't talk enough about in golf. And as I said off the top, you know, you and you said it perfectly about the pro am golfer. We spend so much time playing golf. You know, you spend so much time of your life. I always think about the adult that plays golf. Adults don't have a lot of hobbies, Marty. Those hobbies, I feel like the older you get, you know, they fall out and you know, you're not collecting stuff anymore and yeah. you're not traveling and getting pins, but you're still playing a ton of golf. Yep. And to not have a perfect golf bag for your game to at least help you in the best possible way, shoot your best score and play your best golf is just simply, you know, kind of overlooking the important part of what you want to do with your free time. So the gapping is maybe a term you don't always hear in and around the game, but I feel like it's one of the most important things the everyday golfer can do to help them make golf easier 
which we're yep. all trying to do. Yep. And so kudos to you and the team for the gapping app and trying to attack this because I think it's really smart. And I think the more people hear about this, the more they might look in their own golf bag and go, oh, I do, I do, I do have a 30 yard hole here. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, if, uh, if nothing else, just be mindful of that cool data analysis we did too, which is, hey, between that 120, 165, that's where you're hitting tons of shots. So be, be, be mindful of your gaps there. Use some technology to measure it if, if you can or if you're open to that. Uh, and go in, find a pink fitter, check out that gapping app because it provides you that leverage like as if, you know, you're getting that full service of a tour, of a tour player. And if you're a driving range owner, let's put a green out there at 140. Just put a yes. target out at 140. That's <laughs> what we need going forward. I'm Shane Bacon. That's Marty Jertson. And this is the Pink Proving Grounds podcast. Pink Proving Grounds.